0: Welcome to the Online Course Masters show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. This is Phil Ebener, and in this episode, I chat with Mike Wheeler, who went from selling Snuggies to teaching online courses, working with his family, and becoming one of the best-selling Salesforce instructors on Udemy. His story is coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave a review for this show wherever you listen to it. Now, let's get straight to the interview. All right everyone. Welcome to the Online Course Masters podcast. Today, I'm with Mike Wheeler, who teaches Salesforce on Udemy, and he's also expanding to other platforms. I'm super excited to hear about him, a little story about Snuggies, and more about his business that he is working on with his family. So, Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Phil. Excited to join in, and thanks for spending some time with me.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll start out with A big question that a lot of listeners love hearing and love knowing about. What do you love most about teaching online classes?
1: Uh, That's a great question. I think what I like the most is being able to to connect with people. And uh, I've been exposed to a lot of different people from all cultures as well, teaching online. And then as well, since I'm teaching on Salesforce, it's a really in-demand skill to have. It's something that I've been fortunate enough to learn. And then also being able to teach and to provide this content online I feel like it helps other people's lives and helps them advance in their career and so I really appreciate being able to connect with people and then help improve their lives their financial stability career stability because there's a lot of changes going on in the marketplace and so people being able to like launch a career in the cloud I'm all about that and it's because I've lived it I've gone through the process of doing that myself and so I just look at my role as someone is like uh, blazing a path and clearing a path to make it easier for others to follow in behind. And I'm just following the example of those that have come before me as well. So that's just kind of what I'm all about and what I like doing with teaching online.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I think with that attitude for people listening, it's the perfect way to get started and to have success. If you're caring about actually helping people, those are the teachers that I've seen have the most success on Udemy, on their own platforms, or or not even just Udemy, on online with their own websites or YouTube channels. So, And of course, it's nice to make money too on the side, but it starts with caring for the person and helping people. So, So you talked, you sent me a message about getting started with Snuggies, and I want to hear this story. And so, it sounds like this was you're a little bit more familiar with the online world than some other people. So, tell us about Snuggies,
1: okay? Yeah, so this is an interesting and kind of funny story. And for those that don't know what the Snuggie is, it's the blanket with sleeves. It came out in early 2009 or maybe late 2008, and it was just all over the airwaves selling a lot. And I thought I found it humorous and so I launched a couple of websites around the Snuggie phenomenon right when it was taking off and so I kind of fell into the right place right time sort of mode and I was just learning WordPress and creating my own websites and so I could tell that because of how ridiculous the blanket uh, with sleeves was that people would wear these in public. And I wanted to know basically where would I submit a photo online whenever I saw someone out in the wild wearing a Snuggy and being silly and that didn't exist. And I thought, well, we need to fix that. So I created SnuggieSightings.com and that site is still up, although it's been kind of laying dormant for a couple of years. I may fire it back up just for old time's sake. And then as well, there was this, um, I guess, wave of interest in people, putting on Snuggies and going on pub crawls and so I documented that whole phenomenon with snuggypubcrawls.com. now this doesn't have much to do with online teaching but where this ties in is this was my first aha moment that you can make serious money online and um, you know I created this kind of just to be funny and be silly and I was linking as an affiliate to Amazon and was only making like a dollar per sale and then the actually all-star marketing the people that created the Snuggie They said oh no 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 let's get you in touch with our own affiliate network and you'll make like 12 to 16 dollars per cell And so because I was in on that uh, craze early and did a lot of content and then a lot of people linked to that and shared it and it ended up uh growing to be featured in books and on tv and and internationally as well so it hit the top of google trends i mean ridiculous things happen and so i ended up you know during some of the peak times really having some incredible days you know and so that was my first exposure to selling a product online and i saw how much money could be made the power of being number one on google when you search for the word snuggie and uh, and so that's where the journey began for me was as an affiliate selling someone else's product.
0: Okay. I'm curious. Do you make any snuggy affiliate sales still?
1: <laughs> uh, not really. Not really. I still get traffic to the site, And i thought about actually somehow linking everything to my courses and just saying, here's what I'm up to now. But uh, yeah. it would probably rank well because that stuff's been up since 2009. But uh, I get the occasional like Amazon or, but most of their affiliate program they put an end to. So, uh, and the crazes die down. But you see the traffic going up and down with each winner. So it's it's been an interesting thing. So I learned a lot as well about you know managing WordPress sites and tracking traffic and Google Analytics and Google AdSense etc. So a fun a fun time, a lot of good memories there.
0: Yeah, cool. And it definitely can be tied to teaching online courses in the sense that you were. You kind of jumped on board to this hot trending topic and there are people who you have to be fortunate to know a hot topic. But like right now, there's a lot that has to do with development, cloud computing, these hot topics. I see people jumping into them and teaching them and they have a lot of success. Of course it is beneficial to have a background in those topics. You can't just jump in and teach any trending topic. I you won't come up with a good class, but it is something that paying attention to trends is is a good idea uh, with your courses, course topics. So you teach Salesforce, and that's basically all you're teaching right now. Um, talk just a little bit more about your background with Salesforce and how you got into teaching o- your first online course.
1: So I first ran into Salesforce probably around the time of the Snuggie stuff taking off and maybe a little before that. I had a client. I did a lot of different things, technical writing. Uh, you know, So I've got a background in creating curriculum and training material, which has served me well. And so I had a client, This, and I was also doing like search engine marketing, just a lot of different things. And I had a client needing a web to lead form. Did that and promptly forgot about Salesforce until about 2011. So that's not that long ago was when I really had another aha moment. And this is post Snuggie craze and, and Google updates to make it harder to be number one on Google basically. And uh, and so I found a book in a Barnes and Noble bookstore about developing on the Salesforce platform, and I was remember doing that project a few years ago. And as I was looking at it, I thought, you know, I think I can do this. Okay, so now I've gone in just like six years from thinking I could do this to teaching others online. Now that to me just kind of blows my mind. Now. Uh, that is a short amount of time but it's not a case of just jumping on a craze it started off as I think I can do this and there's a lot of work and demand for that and then I just worked a lot of projects I took on a lot of different projects did a lot of contracts did a lot of side work and just worked a lot and that's one of the key uh, things that comes to mind whenever you want to find success in anything in life is to work hard and put in the work and put your head down and become an expert in something you know and and you know there's plenty of people that are smarter than me Uh, I'm rare that I'm the smartest guy in the room Uh, there's plenty of people that know more about Salesforce than I do but I do bring a background of knowing enough and have done enough projects and then also bringing years of experience creating curriculum and training material through technical writing space and then understanding all those other pieces of marketing and products and all that that I find myself in a nice position. So it's kind of like a 20-year overnight success story, you know, as is most <laughs> situations It doesn't happen overnight. And so, you know, I see people trying to just jump into whatever the latest trend is And you know, you really have got to find a niche where you're an expert where you would not be embarrassed to say that You know, you, you know a lot about what you're talking about not that you're the top person in the world but you, you bring a unique voice or perspective and then you know kind of bringing this back to connecting with people another thing that I learned uh, early on when I was dealing with the snuggy stuff was that I was working behind the scenes a lot connecting with people and they would post their photos on the website and I tried to I, I termed it the phrase I used was I tried to be awesome in private and so even in just one-on-one interactions with people rather than the big public things and the crazy things going on with pub crawls or blog posts or whatever but in the, the day-to-day dealings with people, just being encouraging and positive, And I have to do that a lot more now as I'm teaching Salesforce because there's you know, a lot of hurdles to, a lot to learn. There's a lot, uh, there's a steep learning curve, but it's very attainable. And that's what appealed to me when I first discovered it uh, back in 2011 in that bookstore was just how attainable it was. And to me, it was the most attainable path to a cloud career that I would yet to find. And so I just went all in for it. And and then soon thereafter, I was just turning around and anyone with a pulse, I was like, man, you should do Salesforce because there's just so many jobs out there. So now I'm kind of doing that with online teaching. I'm looking around and anyone that I know that will stop for a moment and they have a pulse, I, you know, if they say anything about teaching, I'm saying, oh, you should teach a course online. It's awesome. So anyway, that's, uh, that's a long answer to your question, but I'll stick to it.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I'm gonna kind of jump, forward. We're going to go back and forth, but I want to know, kind of set the stage where you are right now. Uh, I a lot of the listeners are brand new. Maybe they've been on Udemy for a few years. They've got a number of courses. Some people are have been on Udemy and they're jumping onto their own platforms. Kind of set the stage for where, we, where you are right now in terms of your courses on Udemy and what you're working on today.
1: Okay, awesome. So, My first course, uh, first paid course went live on Udemy March 30th of last year, so I'm about a year and four months in. That's a short amount of time as well. Uh, Prior to that, my first actual course was a free course and I launched that about six weeks prior. That was born out of it taking me so long to create my first course, I peeled off the intro stuff and just created it as a free course, had a lot of background information. Okay, so fast forward to today. I have what I think approaching 24,000 students on Udemy and nine courses. Um, six of those are w- contain video instruction. Two are practice test courses for certifications, and then there's uh, one free one on Udemy. So I recently did that for an upcoming course because it's a very it's history repeating itself. It's taken me a long time to create the course that I'm working on now, which is a consultant course. For the sales cloud, and I've had a lot of delays and other things come up, and just trying to manage, you know, my audience and uh, answer questions, etc. And so uh, I've started to branch out onto some other platforms uh, because I just see other people doing the same. I've watched you closely, Phil, and I've pinged you a few times asking some questions, and then others. You know um, and so I've recently launched uh, Mike and and so that is on teachable though and so a lot of my courses are on there and then I've got a little bit on um, some other platforms but nothing well I guess uh, probably the next biggest thing for me right now is on Stack Commerce and I believe you're on there as well and I think I asked you about how do you get on there and and uh, finally got selected for that that's you kind of have to be really vetted to make it on there and and i think with any platform you got to really understand the context and the audience you know and there's some platforms uh like skillshare that's more for graphic design that's more in your wheelhouse phil and i've seen in your income reports how that number's going up and mine is just pathetic compared to like my minutes consumed on udemy you know so they're starting to show that monthly numbers and everything so So right now I'm working on uh, continuing to churn out courses, not churn out, but, you know, provide quality content around uh, Salesforce training and doing that on Udemy and uh, figuring out how to do that on my own platform as well. So those are the primary focal points.
0: Got it. Got it. Cool. I'm curious, when you started teaching Salesforce, were there other people teaching Salesforce at that time?
1: So yeah, as even before I discovered Udemy, um, I felt like I would eventually be teaching Salesforce uh, because of my background as a trainer, and it was more writ is more written. Um, it was more written than uh, spoken or on video or anything like that, and so I didn't, I couldn't figure out a path to really make that monetizable or some way that that would have any sort of decent return on investment, and uh, and so there's some things that are to my advantage as far as my family makeup as far as some of my sons are very skilled in certain specific skill sets but back to your point as to what was out there at that time and this was you know January through March of 2016 as I was producing that first course there were probably two dozen courses on Salesforce but there was nothing really geared towards that first base entry certification and that's the administrator certification and that's kind of what the vast majority of people go through and it's still to this day my best selling course by far and so uh, I just geared it right towards that certification and for lack of knowing what I was doing I structured the course after the exam guide and there's different knowledge areas that Salesforce says you need to understand And so I had a section for each knowledge area and then each bullet point in the exam guide I made sure to have at least one or more lectures around. And then I really tried to just flesh out this course by doing demonstrations, screen demonstrations using Camtasia. And then that way students could follow along if they wanted to or not. So uh so there were there was a good amount of courses out there. I made the mistake of thinking that mine would only do so well comparing it to what was out there. But what I didn't know or realize, because this is before Udemy Insights that shows you know conversion rates of different topics and stuff. That there was a burgeoning market for uh, Salesforce courses that the supply wasn't meeting, and so there were a lot of pe- a lot of people looking at the offerings that were there and deciding that those weren't for them. And so when mine hit, uh, you know, I had six weeks on the clock with the free course. So I started building up an audience, and uh, in my uh, the last lecture, which is you let you do a bonus lecture, I linked to. Uh, my website with the and I'm even as I'm talking I'm thinking is this okay to have done or am I going to lead people astray (laughs) because Udemy has so many rules you know one of the reasons why I'm building my own platform but anyway I digress so I sent them to my website with the full outline of the full course and saying hey this is a free sneak peek of what's coming here's the outline if you want to be alerted to when the course goes live, share your email. And so I, I had a list of about 200. So my list started out at zero, goose egg. Even, you know, for years, you know, I had over a million people come through my Snuggy websites and I didn't capture a single email address and I was anti-email marketing. You know, I was like, oh, I'm above that. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of rethinking that policy now. But uh, I started out from zero and recently and Uh, So I had a list of 200 uh, email addresses. So when I finally launched on March 30th of 2016, uh, I got the email late at night that uh, my course had gone live. It was like 1 in the morning. You know, I stay up late. I work a lot. So um, I frantically was like, it's go time at 1 in the morning. So I sent out my email to my list. And and I think by the time I woke up, you know, the next morning, I had made like eight cells or something like that. I ended up doing twenty-eight cells the first day for my first course out of the box. And so, I actually had a call from a Udemy executive that day because he wanted to know more about us and what we were doing and our family and and because uh, he he made mention of you know the numbers looked real, you know, and caught his attention and. And then as well, uh, just the production quality, which is kind of leading into how I'm not doing all this by myself, but with the talents of my sons as well, which really is helpful, so.
0: Hey, Phil here, are you enjoying this episode? I really hope you are, and I hope you're learning to become a better online course creator. If you want to fast track your success, head over to OnlineCourseMasters.com and get your free trial of the full flagship program The Masterclass for Online Course Creators. Get more information at OnlineCourseMasters.com. Got it. Wow, that's super cool that you had that much success the first day. And for people listening, at least currently, and always check the policies, but it is still fine to use that bonus lecture to direct people to really wherever. So you can create a free course, have that last lecture be the bonus lecture, and Send people directly to it, uh, an opt-in form. So is that so? That's what it happened, right? You had a free course that was just a mini course. You just put it out there, and that's where all those emails, those two hundred emails, people came from. What? Wow. That is really actually optimistic because I I think a lot of people don't use free courses on Udemy. And at least at that time, that se- I mean, that's proof that that worked. Is- and you said, I think you mentioned that you're doing that for an upcoming course too? Yes,
1: yeah, so I, uh, I've been working forever, like three, four, five months, a long time, on a Sales Cloud Consultant Certification course. And, and so um, I have put the first 35 minutes, it's just over that 30-minute mark, you know, of, of what Udemy considers a course. And I have opened that up as a free course. And then in the bonus lecture takes you to my website and it's it's basically just a traditional what they call squeeze page to where you know I've got the course outline I've actually embedded some of the videos from YouTube on that landing page and then I'm using convertkit uh, mm-hmm. to capture email addresses and then there's a lot of people that are already in my list and so that's you know for every 10 people that sign up for a free course on Udemy one might actually start it you know and so then it's up to mm-hmm. you to get them through the 30 minutes in an engaging way and keep your rating above a four point one i see a lot of people in the udemy groups complaining about how free courses don't work they need to look in the mirror and see what they need to improve upon and you know that's just the way that it is if you can be engaging have good quality content and get them past that 30 minute mark to the end and not expect you know a ton of people to finish the course but that will also be a good way to test your concept to see before you invest a hundred hours into creating a course and so you know I've been on the platform on Udemy and then and doing online training now for about a year and a half and I'm reverting back to doing free courses while there's this growing sentiment that it's a waste of time and so mm-hmm. and I've seen you do the same thing Phil and I thought that was really interesting and I think that we're on to something and a lot of times it's just thinking critically about the stuff what works what doesn't and always testing stuff like that so yeah
0: yeah, no, that is interesting, and I know Udemy, even Udemy themselves say that students on average give worse reviews to free courses than to paid courses, which I can kind of understand. But at the same time, like you're saying, I've put out free courses, and I don't, you know, slack on the free course, and I try to make it the best possible, and they're still getting, you know, above that 4.0, you know, some some of them above 4.5, so. I think I love that strategy, especially for people who are just getting started out. And then, so are you taking that free course and turning it into the paid course? Or are you creating a brand new paid course once you launch it?
1: So on this one, it's like the first 35 minutes or it's pieces of what will eventually be the paid course. And so, you know, I'm really debating about right now, how to even do all this because I've got the free course on Udemy. And I just treat it like an infomercial. We're going back to my I've seen on TV roots with Snuggie, and you know that would be called a long form infomercial. It's a thirty minute informational product to get the call to action to buy the full course. And so, I'll probably just keep that out there as free. And I'm really yeah. strongly considering—I don't know if I—if I'll regret this or not—but I'm considering launching my next course just exclusively on my own platform and just see what yeah. happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. I you know I would like to say test it out, and if it totally bombs you know you can put it on udemy right exactly yeah and i would think that creating a brand new course on udemy might be a better way i don't know i've seen i've seen it work both ways converting a free course to paid sometimes works but um i know udemy does look at you know the most when you launch a course they look at that first like 30 days or something of sales and that really dictates how it goes into their promotion machine there's, they have like the new tags that you know you search for a course and new courses pop up with a new badge. So having a brand new course might be a, a better thing on Udemy. Um, now that you have an audience on Udemy that you can promote to and and give it that boost yourself, anyways. So, cool, awesome. So do you still think that Udemy is a good place for new instructors, or do you think that if someone was starting today? Should they just try to do it their own way and start a teachable site or think it and go their own path?
1: That's a great question. And it's a loaded one for me because I have a lot of um, opinions about Udemy. Um, they're an awesome platform. They're by far my biggest revenue earner. So I can't complain, you know. And I don't know where I would have begun, you know, doing this without Udemy. And so th- that was like a testing ground. And I think even now, it's a great place to be on because you can test out uh, your delivery style and they've got a huge audience and it's a growing audience and I think especially since they released Udemy Insights they are making key moves in the right direction and some of those things have to do with more transparency more visibility more communication with instructors you know because we do provide the content that is on their platform that drives you know the students there they are marketing geniuses they're really good at marketing and uh, But with the Udemy Insights that does reveal that uh, over half of cells and I've seen this in my own case as well Over half of those cells are just organic that just means people that are browsing the site and they run across something and I've had so many students that have come into this realm of Salesforce that knew nothing about it And they thought it was something related to cells and so that is that's really appealing to me because I learned to do this as an affiliate for Snuggy was know I operate under the good graces of either you know the product owner whether it's Snuggy, all-star marketing or Salesforce even because you know I'm out there training people how to get certified on their platform and so regardless of what product you're selling online either as an affiliate or as you're creating your own product whether it's informational or some sort of course or product you need to bring value value to the student and value to the product owner because ultimately in my case Salesforce is the product owner you know it's not me I didn't create Salesforce even though I've had people ask me that as well it's like no I didn't create Salesforce so you probably would have known that and I'd probably be dressed nicer than this but anyways <laughs> but I digress I probably wouldn't be teaching on you to me anymore but uh, so but the point is is bringing value and um, and so I think that it is still a viable platform for sure to uh, do a free course and build up a following or an audience and see, you know, what sort of interest there is. It is a good way of failing fast and moving on. And then if you, you'll be able to tell if you're onto something because of the engagement. You know, a lot of people won't ever start it, but for those that do, how far do they make it? What are your numbers? You know, I track those sort of things a lot. And, and then if you see the engagement and then the call to action after the 30 minutes on the tail end of the free course, if you see an email list growing, that's a sign that you're onto something, and if your ratings are falling be- below that 4.1, then you need to just iterate and improve on the production quality, on your uh, delivery, your structuring of your content, or bringing value, and it's hard to do that in a 30 minute or a little more timeframe, because as I say, all this stuff is available for free on YouTube, or all this stuff is somewhere on somebody's website. And so our jobs as instructors is to engage with the audience, remember that they're all humans that we're dealing with, and that we're wanting to help and bring value wherever it may be.
0: Great, great advice. You talked about working with your family, and I know your son Aaron is behind the camera helping out. And he's also attached to all of your courses as uh co-instructor just talk about how you what what does your family do help you with and and why why are you having your family help and um are they enjoying it <laughs> i guess
1: uh, so i think they're enjoying it and uh yeah I, I would say they are because you know bottom line i could not do this without my family and um uh, i'm fortunate and it puts others at a terribly unfair advantage because I could not imagine doing everything that I do plus everything that Aaron does. And I have another son, Anthony, who is a Salesforce developer, and he's helped on key points on some of my courses with some of the more complex coding and some of the things where throughout this duration of a course for one of my courses, we created an IMDB clone app. Now I could have muddled through that, but it would have taken me a year, you know? And so Anthony, he can do that in a day or two. And so leveraging their gifts, their abilities, and so i'm i'm very fortunate to have some very talented sons and and so what i do and why they're co-instructors with me is because i give them a revenue share you know and so uh, and it i try not to scrimp by on that either or take advantage of them but really uh reflect the value that they bring because especially early on before i had an audience that was what made the day for me was my production quality was trumping the other courses that were out there i didn't have time for my glowing personality to shine through and so it had to be the production <laughs> quality you know and also i wasn't nearly as good uh, back then on doing screen demos and being on camera because a lot of the times i was recording like at one in the morning or midnight and tired And so about five to six percent of my students of the early courses have feedback on that. I don't have engaging delivery. So I'm trying to incorporate more jazz hands. But anyway, back to the point of the family, Uh, you know, they are enjoying this whole process. And we're now in the midst of, you know, creating our own business. And so we've got Aaron who does the videography and the editing. And I believe he's taken your Premiere courses as well. You know, so he's put that to use. And and then Anthony is helping with the development side, and so he's co-instructor on some of the courses as well. I'm looking at creating a developer course with Anthony and co-instructing with him. And then my wife has recently joined the fund in helping with streamlining processes and operations. She's all about improving efficiencies, and there's a lot in the whole production workflow. And so we've got, you know, a lot to improve with our processes, and that's born out of me you know, working projects and having this side hustle that has grown into the main hustle of doing these courses online. But even with that, you know, I wanna mention here at this point that even though I'm doing courses online, I also still do some project work as well. And that's kind of strategic. I mean, the money is good doing consulting and everything, but it also keeps me up to date with what's going on in the platform. So then, when I run across things, I can speak from experience and give examples in all these different industries, and it's just authentic, and it comes through, and I'm not fooling anybody. It's like, I've done it, I've lived it, you know, and a common thing that I say in even my promo videos is that I work on the platform every day, and I might mm-hmm. take weekends off sometimes, but for the most part, <laughs> that's a true statement. So I think I'm good with the FTC on that claim. So-
0: yeah I'm sure that comes across in your training. so it sounds awesome to be working with your family. What is the hardest part about working with your family?
1: Well, I think the hardest part is that you know they have other things going on as well, you know, and so uh, and it's a good problem to have because you know these these young men that I've uh fortunate to be the father of, you know, they're entering into adulthood and starting careers, and Anthony's starting a new. Uh, Salesforce development uh, contract and then Aaron does other uh, side work as well and they're just very busy they're very in demand is because they've had the opportunity to do a lot of different things and so they've built up quite a skill set that makes them very marketable as well and so I think some of the challenge is is just coordinating schedules Uh, but you know we we all get along awesomely Uh, we love each other and so it's it's the greatest possible scenario I wake up every day thinking man who am I to get to live this life, you know, and I'm, I'm glad at how, you know, it's just, it's just a fun life. So,
0: yeah, no, it sounds cool. So actually I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, you're still working on projects because I was curious if, um, you know, if online courses was transitioning to be your main thing, but what's kind of a typical day or a typical week look like for you nowadays?
1: So, <laughs> A lot of my time is spent trying to figure out how to keep up with all the questions and comments and LinkedIn comments, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And So uh, so a lot of my time is spent around trying to interact with students and so some things I've done recently to improve with that and kind of offload some of that is create a Facebook group for my students. So really, any student in any of my courses can join the Mike Wheeler uh, Media Salesforce, I don't even remember what it's called, but you'll find it if you look. But Uh, you can get in there and then other students help answer those questions Mm -hmm. I found that Mm -hmm. um, the Udemy communities or the Q&A is kind of hard to navigate and a lot of common questions so I'm I'm looking at ways of easing that burden so I can continue to create courses so the day looks like uh, you know if I'm working a project that's kind of the priority you know that's I put that in my slot number one and then uh, you know, other spare moments like during lunchtime or late in the day. I mean, I do work remotely and I do have office space. I'm sitting in, uh, this is not in our house. I actually rent a commercial office space and it's pretty expansive and large. Uh, but I found that we needed that in order to kind of separate the whole work life balance. So uh, I will start on the course stuff, you know, early in the day before any project work starts and then. Uh, Work project work and then at lunch back to course things see what's going on and then evenings I tend to not need a lot of sleep fortunately and so late, uh, you know while I'm uh, Getting kids to bed and everything and bringing things in for a landing. uh, That's when I usually get caught up on messages and um, and then you know a lot of it's just planning the next course, you know and uh, structuring things thinking about things to improve and, and then just shifting gears with what Salesforce does. I've, they've done some things recently that's causing me to have to update uh, the admin course, but that was overdue anyway. So I'm really still finding my cadence and trying to expand out into other things. And so uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of grown beyond what I can do. And so just learning to delegate, leverage the skills of my sons, and then as well with my wife, just the operational and organizational strengths of her Uh, Helping me to you know, keep the right priorities in mind so that I don't I I get sidetracked really easily, you know And like oh that looks interesting. I'm very entrepreneurial That's why I'm here I guess but you know putting the blinders on and having a system in place for things I want to explore further and then as well, you know, you reach a certain point of you know uh, a certain audience size you start getting opportunities come your way, you know and so learning to really send those through a filter to decide is this something that's worth pursuing mm. or not and learning how to say no to a lot of things so and then you know another thing that I get hit with a lot is because of the job demand for you know Salesforce developers and consultants i get a lot of inquiries from recruiters so i'm kind of shifting gears to uh referring people you know because mm. i have this network of people that are kind of growing up on the platform with me and I just happen to be a couple of steps ahead of them, time-wise. But now that we're a year, year and a half in, they're getting to where they're they're doing amazing things, and I share some of that with the community. And so I'm looking at ways to share some of those job leads and help people, you know, get that first job. Because a lot of, I mean, Salesforce is an area where people do serious career pivots. You know, and uh, for myself, you know, a technical writer with some web ability. Uh, to be doing consulting and development um, because it was an attainable path. And so that's, um, it's, my typical day is very interesting, you know, because we got a large (laughs) family, we got a business, uh, never a dull moment, so.
0: Sounds sounds busy. So um, on your courses on Udemy, what have you found to be the best way to promote a new course? Any tips or strategies for launching a new course or... Are you doing promotions every month for your all of your current courses? What's kind of your promotion schedule like?
1: So I do, I've learned to leverage the two promotional announcements each month that Udemy provides, and then also I'm trying to do better at uh, leveraging the four educational announcements as well. But the key there with educational stuff is to have something to offer. And so I'll do updates on my website for cool things that Salesforce is doing. I did something today that... I'm thinking, okay, when I'm done with this, I'm going to send out an educational announcement around this. And uh, and so it's basically collecting everything that I've blogged about or run across related to Salesforce in the past week. And I send that out as an educational announcement. And then when people are on my website, you know, that's just kind of to the side, you know, is some information on some upcoming courses, stuff like that. But on the promotional side, I do uh, tend to leverage those two announcements a month. And sometimes it really depends on. Um, you know if I've got a new course out I'll try and send the one when it launches and then another one with some perceived you know uh, window closing basically it's like oh this will be $10 for the next week or the next mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a big ticking clock guy I, I, it kind of annoys me you know but it works and so uh, so sometimes I've done that as well especially if it's leading up into some sort of busy season in order for it to it's kind of like launching a rocket you need enough lift to get you know through the atmosphere so that you can orbit you know that's the end goal with any course is for it to reach that what's called evergreen status you know and some of my courses have done that and others have not and um, and so getting that initial launch is like very critical and so uh, I try to especially with a new course just go all in with that course and all mm-hmm. focus and attention and one call to action. If I don't have a new course and I've got a promotional announcement still left and it's getting towards the end of the month, I'll go ahead and send it like, hey, course, you know, any of my courses ten dollars till the end of the month or something. Just to kind of end the month strong and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, cool. So it sounds like you are kind of just dealing with Udemy's pricing strategy with, by just using $10 deals, any thoughts about their pricing? And if, have you tried higher prices in the past and just found that the $10 deals is what works best or or what?
1: You know, I'm really intrigued with pricing. It's something I, th- I spend way too much time on. But, uh, you know, even on my own website, I say that my vision statement is to e- equip, inspire, and train the masses on the Salesforce platform. And so... You know, I had to make a decision early on. Am I going to be the Walmart or am I going to be the Mercedes Benz of Salesforce training? Well, Salesforce is kind of the Mercedes Benz of Salesforce training because you can go through a week long course and spend $5,000. And so they occupy that space. And then as well, I live, you know, I can be sentimental about what the market should bear, but I'd like to be a realist and, and just embrace what it will actually tolerate. And that reality that we live in today is that people are willing to spend $10 for a course. And and we're seeing some downward trends of that. Salesforce has recently removed that floor for some countries. This is something that I brought up to them, and I'm sure others have as well. It's no new idea. But I thought, you know, there's a lot of students in some countries where, you know, the average household income is so much smaller than America. And so... I would be okay in those countries selling my courses for $5, $4. I mean, it's it's I look at I almost look at uh number of people more than revenue dollars, which is probably not wise from a business perspective. But I'm not looking at the immediate sell, but that relationship with that quote unquote customer or student over the long term because they inevitably will buy something else. You know, odds are if they mm-hmm. like what I'm doing, then they're along for the ride and the journey, and they're also spreading the word to others. And so, uh, so I've just kind of embraced the promotional deals from you to me. I mean, I've toyed around with trying to raise prices, and I guess it's the hardest thing with doing your own platform on Teachable because you have people say, "Oh, you should charge, you know, four hundred dollars," and that's a hard sell to make. And I wouldn't do it. You know, I would not spend four hundred dollars for my courses, but I would spend. 20 30 40 you know a bundle and so what i'm what i'm targeting now as far as strategy goes is bulk and bundles that's what it's all about as yeah. far as uh, things that udemy is kind of starting to do and there's ways that they are doing bulk but it's not really out there and and um, and so yeah, I I could go on and on about Udemy for business and why I pulled out of that. It just depends on where you want to go with all this stuff. And I have no idea how much time we got either. But
0: yeah, yeah. Well, it it there has been a lot of talk this week since we're recording this, the week after Udemy Live, and they talked about dropping that price floor in countries where their money doesn't go as far and i think there was a conversation on facebook i saw someone you know i, I i'm not going to stand by these numbers so double check them but someone was talking about how in india household average a household income is like $700 a year so if someone's paying $10 or $15 for a course that's a percent or more of their annual income so that's a huge deal compared to someone in san francisco paying ten or fifteen dollars for a course so i'm of the mindset of you like we have to kind of if you're if you want to be on udemy you have to embrace the the masses uh, technique and it's possible to sell your course for four hundred dollars on teachable but but i do believe it's a lot more work people will say and tell you like oh selling to one person for four hundred dollars is it's going to end up being the same amount of work as to sell a course for ten or twenty dollars but I don't I don't buy that it's a lot more work to sell those premium products and and I've tried and I've done it but it it is a lot more work at the end of the day so all a couple more questions just um, you've been on Udemy but how what's the best way that you've been starting to build your brand outside of Udemy what kind of social media platform what kind of content are you curating what what's been the best for you
1: yeah so i've been doing more and more just on social media uh trying to be more consistent with blogging or vlogging you know doing stuff on youtube doing some silly things there's some interesting things that hopefully uh get some sort of traction or traffic or whatever and so some of the platforms that work well for me is linkedin because i deal in the professional space and And then as well, another thing that I learned uh, was how to get students to share their success stories online. And I copied, uh, I actually reached out to Ryan Kroonenberg who had a watershed moment in the online teaching space with his Round A uh, series uh, raising almost $9 million for his platform. And, you know, I was noticing on LinkedIn that everyone has given him a shout out every time that he... uh, any time a student passed a certification I said how do you get mm-hmm. these students to share this news and he just said in his bonus lecture he asked them to share on LinkedIn and then he'll endorse their skills and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing the secret sauce but and I do the same thing and so if you see people thanking Mike Wheeler all the time for passing it's because they want to get their newly found skills endorsed and so I do verify their certification Salesforce provides a way to verify that and that's good enough for me, then, if they've been able to pass the test, then that does that's verifiable evidence to me that they do know enough about Salesforce administration for me to feel good about endorsing them. So that gives them a little something towards their career goals, and it also gives me some free advertising, frankly. And then, as well, I've created the Facebook group that I mentioned previously. I have a Facebook page that's not very good, and I need to do better at um, you know, uh, Twitter, do a little bit on Twitter as well. And so I'm really looking at doing podcasts as well. I mean, even just reaching out and raising my hand and saying, Hey, I'll be interviewed, you know, as far as, you know, as I've followed what you're doing here with this podcast and been fascinated with the people that you've interviewed and thought, I wonder if I could be on that and, and share my own story. And so I thought, well, good way for me to learn about doing podcasts is to be interviewed for one you know and so I really appreciate you doing this for me and this is kind of for me a watershed moment this is my first uh, podcast interview so oh, cool. uh, I haven't nice. been on the podcast circuit I'm learning that there's apparently a podcast circuit so I'm not even really you know I guess if I were doing this smart I would have some new product to sell or promote you know I could say oh, I got upcoming courses or whatever but I see this as you know just really sharing my own story And doing these sorts of things in order to I guess raise awareness of my own brand or whatever and uh, you know just really looking at as a way to uh, I guess give back to the community as well sharing some tips on what I found that worked or what didn't and just share and also to learn and as you as you've probably been able to tell you know I've made mention of watching others that have preceded uh, me and have had success such as yourself and Ryan Krunenberg and there's others as well like Rob Percival and And the list goes on and on. And, I mean, I track what you guys are doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And I figure that you've been doing this for a while. You know what you're doing. And so, I never think that I've arrived or that I can't learn new things. I'm always curious, always want to learn new things. And so, I think that, I think eventually, I don't know, but I think eventually I'll probably branch out beyond even Salesforce, even though Mm -hmm. there's so much to teach and the platform is so deep and you'll never cover it all. You know, I have a lot of other interests and a lot of other things that intrigue me. And I think I could teach on affiliate marketing or SEO or WordPress. But, you know, I'm in the Salesforce space and and it's a good place to be. So, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy with get get off into left field and, uh, you know, do things I shouldn't be doing, hopefully.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is that you've branded your your company or your business as Mike Wheeler Media, which allows you to kind of pivot to other areas. But at the same time, you want to be the Salesforce expert. And especially on Udemy and hopefully on your own platform and by doing podcasts like this, exactly. you you know, If I do my job, people will type in Salesforce interview or something on Google and your podcast episode will, will pop up and then people will click on your courses. So I think podcasts are a great... A great thing, way to do that too. So it sounds like a lot is happening in the future. So I'm going to ask you one more question. Just uh, if you have any last piece of advice for online instructors, um, if there's something, I didn't ask you this, but if there was something about your courses that um, you think is the reason why students love your courses more than other courses? So I'll let you think about that while I just remind people that people can check out your website at MikeWheelerMedia.com. I'll link to that and also your Udemy profile, your all your social media profiles on the OnlineCourseMasters.com website. So, uh, so yeah, share maybe a final tip or piece of advice for people who are getting started with teaching online.
1: So, yeah, th- that's a great question. And I think just being your authentic self, you know, and really looking at and taking inventory on what you're good at and what you're not. And there's going to be people out there that launch a course and it's going to fail. Odds are your first course is going to fail. Uh, results not typical uh, from what you just sat through and listened to me talk just the caveat is these results are not typical. Now, that's because I spent 15 years as a technical writer condensing down a lot of in-depth technical information in a presentable fashion, okay? And so I've had that training. I know how to do that. I also have the benefit of having talented sons that know how to make me look semi-decent and sound okay and edit out the ums and ahs. So, uh, but you can get there. It's just going to require some work. You know, I've said that with each course that I've done for the most part it's been like the hardest thing that I've ever done professionally you know I, there were so many times in doing that first big paid course for that admin certification that I didn't know if I could do it had a lot of doubts it really reminded me of my journey of attaining the certification itself and I actually failed the first time I took that certification test and then ended up passing ultimately and so You know, it's just uh, marching forward and not being driven by making money while you sleep, even though that's a great thing to do is to wake up and have made money while you're sleeping. But it's to help others, you know, and to add value, you know, and then the money will follow. The people will find you and quality content will uh, win the day. There's a level playing field for the most part with distribution and attention and so if you create quality content we happen to be in the midst of a consumption society worldwide everyone's on their phones everyone's distracted they're looking for information and it's information that will either entertain them or help them in some way and so you just got to figure out how you can fit in that space and then just do it and then just iterate and improve and always be improving you know that's that's all it is and so don't get discouraged If you uh, try something and it fails, or even if you've tried something before and it's failed, or, well, I tried this on YouTube and no one paid attention, you know, um, keep trying. Try the next thing, you know. I mean, I could draw the analogies with Thomas Edison, but I'll spare you the history lesson, but it's just, just keep after it, keep improving. If this is something that you feel like you can do, uh, then go for it and then also really take feedback you know teaching is not for everybody It is a gift just like slamming a basketball and not everyone can do it I'm sorry not everyone can code either I'm not a big proponent of the anybody can code mantra I'm kind of the opposite of that few people can code but Salesforce means that you don't have to so anyway back to my point is just go for it try it out see if it's for you Fell fast, do a free course, even though everyone's telling you it's a waste of time. And if you can get a uh, you know, review high enough to where it's like above a 4, 4.1, then you're on to something. And then if you're starting to collect some email addresses, you're on to something. Those are clues. Those are hints that, hmm, there's, there's some traction here. And uh, then just take it one day at a time and go, go build your own thing.
0: Perfect. Well, if anyone decides to skip to the last minute of this show, they got all the best advice that you could have got given. So that was perfect for, for new instructors, but also people just like me who are doing this and have been doing this for a while. So thanks Mike so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to see where you go. I'm excited to see where your sons go and uh, maybe I'll have them on the podcast sometime too, uh, to hear their side of the story. And, um, let me know if you need anything from me in the future and yeah, just uh, thanks again. Alrighty. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to fast track your success, head over to OnlineCourseMasters.com and sign up for your free trial of my flagship program, the Online Course Masters Masterclass. Yep, that's right. It's a masterclass designed to take you from zero to hero, creating and selling your very own online courses. If you haven't done so yet, please leave a review for this show wherever you listen. This is how we can help expand our audience and help teach the world. Thanks so much and we'll see you next week in the next edition of the Online Course Masters show.